Today we're going to conclude in the series The Love of God. This is part 7. And as a recap, last week we were in Luke chapter 2 and we were in Isaiah chapter 7. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to give you a recap. And we talked about the promise and the prophecy and its fulfillment. Because in Isaiah, the prom, the Isaiah the prophet prophesied about the promise, what was going to happen. And in Luke, we're talking about the birth of Christ because we just celebrated Christmas. What was promised and prophesied was actually happening in time and space. So God sent a savior and that's a, a savior. The other word meaning is a deliverer who is Christ, the anointed Messiah, consecrated. The Lord, which means supreme in authority. So God sent his unique, one-of-a-kind son to reconcile fallen man. So God was keeping his promise. When Jesus was birthed, that was God's promise manifested in the flesh. So God was keeping the promise that he had made. And the heavenly hosts were giving glory to God because of what God was doing at that moment. God was extending mercy and compassion towards man. My God, mercy and compassion is all wrapped up in Christ, in Jesus. So man could not reconcile himself to God. So the Savior, God sent his Son, it had to be done through him. It could be done through the seed of man. God had to do it himself. So all the glory goes to God. Man can't take glory for what God, what God was able to do. So God made a way for man to experience true peace with him. And that peace is koinonia. Not koinonia, irene. I'm sorry, irene. And that means to join, to set at one, to rest. And that same peace is the peace that Jesus proclaimed when the disciples abandoned him. And he said, my peace, I leave with you. Not as a world. But that peace is not any kind of peace. That's irene. That is the peace that God promised to all those who are in Christ. So this peace is an understanding that a redeemed person is never alone. When you understand who you are in Christ and the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit, you understand that you are never ever alone. You are never alone. You know, people talk about, you could be in a crowd of people, but still feel lonely. You could be, hear that? You could be with a crowd of people and still feel alone. But this is not, this is not the human feeling. This is a, a, a witness with your spirit, koinonia with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit revealing to you that you are a son. And that there is a fellowship spirit to spirit with the Holy Spirit fellowshipping with your spirit. And with that, you know that you're not alone. Oh my God, it's, that's what Jesus was talking about. He said, I am never alone. The Father is always with me. So that's the peace Jesus was talking about. So anyhow, so the angels were talking about peace on earth and then goodwill, kindness, pleasure towards men. Kindness was being shown to fallen man because fallen man deserved death. And sin was a death sentence. But God, through the gift of His Son, was extending mercy and restoring sonship to man. Do you hear what I'm saying? Man in his sin was an enemy to God. But Christ was the Redeemer 
allowing man to come back into fellowship with God. And God is now become from an enemy to a son. You understand? God is restoring you to sonship. And with us, and with that title as a son, you have an inheritance. Joint heirs with Christ. You understand? We deserve death, but God gave us a way through His Son to be reconciled to Him as a son. And give us an inheritance and a joint heir with Jesus Christ Himself. That, I mean, that is something to be excited about. We didn't deserve it. But that's God's love manifested when He sent Jesus. He sent His Son. So the birth of God's Son was unique was an expression of his love. This love was a love that set people free from the power of sin. You understand? Christ, the gift, was God's way of making a way for man to be set free from the power of sin. Because Jesus, when he was in the temple, read from the book of Isaiah, he declared what his purpose was. And he declared it clearly. To set at liberty those who are captive. To set Captive what? To the power of sin. Oh my God, I'm telling you. This is exciting. To set people free from the power of sin. So that they can walk in koinonia, fellowship with God. Amen. Amen. Alright, so today we're going to... That was just a brief recap. But today we're going to start in the book of John. Well, First John actually. Chapter 4. And Let me know when you're there, please. Okay. Chapter 4, I'll start reading at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Verse 10. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So it says, Beloved, let us love one another. And the, and if you look at the concordance, the Strong's concordance, and you get the, the Greek word for this love is, is, agape, is um, agape, which is means affection or benevolence. And it's saying this love is who God is. God is love. It's agape. That's the Greek word. So anyway, you see, you see this love in, in this context here, in, these, in this context of these scriptures, it's talking about agape. It says God is love. He doesn't have love. He is. That's his essence. That's who he is. Everything he does, everything, his, his being, he is love. But it's not human love. It's not the way people define love. God's love sub, sub, supersedes human love. God's love is a sacrificial love. Because it says in, it says here in verse 10, it, this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son. So that what the angels were and the heavenly hosts were declaring, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men, 
It was a declaration of God's love manifested in the flesh. So he said, he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So Jesus was the payment. He had to pay the price for our sins. But that is the love of God. Putting the needs of others, those who don't love God, fallen man, who deserve death, before the needs of his own son. That is the love of God. That is the agape. That is a demonstration of God's love. See, we must never ever take God's love for granted. And the more and more you meditate and, and you, and you understand and you experience the compassion and mercy and the forgiveness of God, because the expression of His Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sin is the love of God being expressed. Mercy, forgiveness, and compassion. Anyhow, what I wanted to pick, look at here, it says here, God is love. That's who He is. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Did you hear that? Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And in verse 7 it says, And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If you love the way God loves, you not only know Him, you are born of Him. Do you understand that? And we, and we're we talking about, we talk about spiritual birth. That means you have, you, your, the Holy Spirit is, is in you, bearing witness. And the fruit that manifests from your life is the love of God. In everything, things you do and what you say, it, the love of God is expressed through you. But who is expressing it? The Holy Spirit. Because you are the vessel that the Holy Spirit used to express Christ. To express the love of God. Glory. Did you hear what I'm saying? Because the Bible, what we were singing before, what? It says we are what? Earthen vessels. And God desires to take up residence in us by the Spirit. When Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my words. And I will love you. And the Father will love you. And he said, we will come and abide with you. How? In you, by the person of the Holy Spirit. Oh my God, did you hear what I'm saying? It all ties together. Because when you have the Holy Spirit in you, in the person of the Father and the Son, we are the, we are the vessel of which God, as we walk by faith, as we do things His way, as we submit to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, through Christ, by Christ, can express Himself through us, with the love of God. So what we do and what we say is expressing the heart of the Father. It's expressing the love of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not trying to make it complicated. I'm just letting you know. That's why the Bible says we die daily. We have to, dying is what? Putting your way aside and doing it God's way. That is expressing the love of God. Is when you do things His God's way, you are showing Him that you love Him. That's what Jesus did. He said, Father, I come to do your will, not my will. I come to do what you require of me. That is Jesus expressing his love to the Father. Because he said what? I'm doing what you require of me, Father. And that's the the way we ought to walk. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a verse we all know. We hear it at weddings and so forth. 
First Corinthians chapter 13. And we start at verse 4 through 8, part of 8, and then verse 13 and then 14, part of 14. Let me know when you're there, please. Love suffers long and is kind. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. In the King James Version, it says charity, but love. And this love here, it says love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Verse 6. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believe all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. I'm going to stop there. And let's go to verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. And verse 14, just the first two words. Pursue love. Pursue love. Now you go back again and look at this word love. It's the same word, word agape. The same word agape. Which is the, the same word that describes God. And it's saying here in, in 1 Corinthians 13. Love. Agape. This God kind of love. Suffers long. It's kind. Doesn't envy. It doesn't parade itself. It doesn't show off. Show out. It's not puffed up. It's not full of itself. Doesn't behave rudely. It's humble. Kind. Doesn't envy. It doesn't, uh, 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 it doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Doesn't rejoice in iniquity or wickedness, but rejoices in what's true. Oh my God. That says a lot about the, the life, the, the world, it, or it, how it is today. People rejoice in iniquity and not what is just truth. Truth is relative. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So he's saying here, love, love suffers long and is kind. Again, remember the subject, the love of God. To show oneself useful. I'm, I'm, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you, reading these scripture series, I'm going to show you, going back to earlier part of the series, when we were talking about the lost son, and the woman caught in adultery. How Jesus was reflecting this same thing that the apostle was writing here. About what the love of God is. It was, Jesus was actually doing it. He was, he was doing it. I'm, I'm going to show you. So love, love does not parade itself. Or it's puffed up. For example... The father, remember the, 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 the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. The father of the lost son was not, was long suffering. Long suffering is another way you could say he was patient, had a lot of patience, but he was long suffering with his rebellious son because the rebellious son, he had to let him go. And the father was so patient or long suffering with that son. The son left. I don't know how long he was gone. But then he came back. 
And the father received him again. The father was very patient with that son. He showed kindness to his son on his son's return. He didn't demean him by being prideful, kicking him while he was in his lowest. The son was at his lowest. But likewise, the father, he humbled himself and received the son. Because the father is in the person, he's the person of authority in the house. He saw his son afar coming home. He didn't wait for the son to come to him. He ran towards his son. Hugged him, kissed him. Put the ring on his finger. The sandals on his feet. And put a robe on him. Restoring him to sonship. Now what is that saying? They said, that said, love suffers long and is kind. It doesn't envy, doesn't parade itself or be puffed up. The father was patient, long-suffering with his son. He showed kindness to his son when his son returned. The father didn't demean his son. He didn't parade himself. He didn't demean his son. He didn't, you know, people went, you know, people do things against you and then they say they get theirs and they get, you know, they, they have to be humble. They're going through hard times and they say, well, when people are down, that's when you kick them. No, you don't kick them while he's down. The father didn't kick him when he was down. The son was at his lowest. The father received him and forgave him of his transgression against the father, against himself. So the father didn't demean him. The father didn't parade himself. And the father humbled himself and ran to his son and loved, loved his son, hugged his son. So he, the father wasn't puffed up. He humbled himself. So that's what I say. Love is not puffed up. Puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Right. So this love does not envy. Envy, the word here is zelolo. Zelo'o. Zelo'o. That's the word. And that means to have warmth and feeling for or against. It also means to be jealous over. And this now it's like how the, fa- the father's eldest son was acting towards the younger son when he returned. They said love does not envy. The love does not, is not jealous over. Right? But look at the father's eldest son. When we read that, that story, the eldest son was jealous because the father was throwing a party for the younger son when he returned. They say the love of God is not jealous, it's not envious. Because the eldest son was jealous. He said, how could you? I was with you always, father. But this, yours, this son of yours returned. He squandered all, all your goods. And now you're throwing a party for him? The eldest son was envious. He was jealous. He was angry. But, but, but what was the father had to explain to the, to the eldest son? He says, son, you are with me always. But your youngest son rejoiced. He was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he's alive. So this is the heart of God. This is the heart of the love of God. The heart of God is to what? Is to not be jealous or be envious or be angry over somebody's sin. Of what they have done, the hurt they've done to you. The, the, the love of God is to what? Is to embrace them. Especially when they've come to their senses and they repent of their sin. So you don't kick them when they're down. He said love does not envy. Love is not rude. Seek its own and thinks no evil. I mean the father could have laid it into that youngest son. But he didn't do it. Just like Jesus with a woman caught in the act. 
Jesus, Jesus could have laid into her about what she did. All this, the sins that she committed. But the, but the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they already laid into her. Because she was caught in the very act. And they brought her in the midst of Jesus to set him up. But Jesus, look at the love of God again. Jesus didn't parade himself. He didn't kick her when she was down. Alright? He didn't kick her when, he didn't puff himself up. Well, I am the son of God. You sin, you deserve death. No! He said, woman. He said, to the accusers, he said, He who is who's without sin, cast the first stone. And they all were convicted in their heart and they left. And Jesus said to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers? She said, Lord, I have none. He said, neither do I condemn you. What is that? Oh my God, that's the love of God being expressed. The woman knew she deserved death. Jesus knew she deserved death. But what did he do? He extended mercy and compassion. He didn't. Jesus humbled himself. He expressed love to this woman. She didn't deserve it. And it says, just what we're reading in 1 John, why we were yet sinners. God sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Why? We didn't deserve it. But God showed us mercy and compassion. The same way Jesus showed that woman compassion. The same way the Father showed this youngest son compassion and mercy. is the same way God sent His Son so that we showing us mercy and compassion. So we don't have to pay for our own sins. It's the same way. It's the love of God being expressed. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but the truth. And that's how Jesus responded to the woman's critics. They were quick to judge her, but they weren't judging their own heart. You see? There's a standard of truth for her, but not for them. You're a woman, you caught in the act of adultery, but you in there, there, who, the accusers in their own life has had sin in their own life, think that they should be put to death for. But those are things hidden in the closet. Her sin is exposed, theirs in the closet, but they're the one pointing the finger and judging her. That's why they were convicted of their sin. They were convicted because they know the word of God spoken by Jesus under the unction of the Holy Spirit. That would pierce their heart. So that's why they were convicted of their sin. So they couldn't pass judgment on her. Because they were also just as guilty as she was. Love bears all things. Believes, hopes, endures all things. Right? That's a father again with a lost son. He believed the best about his son. He saw his son coming back. So he knew that his son was in his right mind. He knew that his son was at the end of his rope. Of his rope. That's why he came back. Alright. The father extended mercy and forgiveness and compassion. And then it says in verse. Um, Love never fails. Love never fails. That's in verse 8. Love never fails. The love of God never fails. It never fails. And, and in verse 14. And chapter 14 verse 1. It says pursue love. Pursue love. Pursue the God kind of love. How do we do that? It says pursue love. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Pursuing love means, number one, you have to understand who you are in Christ. Number two, you have to also understand that there's nothing of yourself you can do to love the way God loves. God has to give you the grace to love the way He loves. But we have to do that by faith. 
Oh my God. You have to do it by faith. In the natural, it's not easy just to forgive somebody. It's not easy, especially when they have wounded you deeply. It is not easy. But if you trust God and do things His way, the Holy Spirit gives you the grace to forgive. He gives you the strength to forgive. He gives you the strength to love and a, with a capacity that you don't have in your own self to do it. Because it has to be a consistent love. In the natural, we don't, we have our up day, our good days and our bad days. Today I love you, tomorrow I hate your guts. That is the, that's how man is. That's how the heart of man is. But the love of God is consistent. God don't love you today and hate you tomorrow. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going through, God's love is consistent. His love never fails. His love never changes. He's always, His love is always available. Anyhow. But what I want you to see there is that the two parables that Jesus, that Jesus gave about, about the lost son and the parable about the woman caught in the act. Well, not, was not parable. That really happened. It was showing Jesus was already demonstrating the love of God. And when the apostle here, the writing about what love is, love suffers long and is kind and doesn't envy, Jesus was already doing it. He was already doing it. And when God sent his son, and we celebrate Christmas, that's God's same expression. It was God was already doing it from heaven. When he sent his son, it was already being done. Okay. Hopefully, you know, you got where I was going with that. Just one more scripture and, and then I'm going to close. If you go to Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Let me know when you there. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. It's the same thing. I'm just going to show you in a different scripture here. This is Titus writing this book. You there? Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Let me begin reading. Okay, verse 4. But when the kindness... And the love of God, our Savior towards man, appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. It says here, When the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man, appeared. Appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. So whatever God sent, whatever the kindness of God and the the love of God, of our Savior towards men appeared, it had nothing to do with our self-righteousness. Nothing we can do. But according to what? His mercy. And mercy is what? Mercy is, is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. The woman caught in the act deserved death, but she got mercy. The prodigal son squandered all the father's goods, all the goods, but he got mercy. When he returned, the father showed him mercy. He didn't get what he deserved. So when somebody show you mercy, you didn't get what you deserve. And we also must be quick to show mercy to people.
Okay? Alright, so, so where am I? Titus. So here it says here, by, by mercy he saved us. According to his mercy he saved us. So he's talking about the same thing. God sent his son. Okay? Because that's when it says, when the what? God, our Savior towards man, appeared. That's Christ. And mercy, he saved us through mercy. When Jesus was the appropriation, appropriation for our sins, appropriation for our sins, right? He saved us. And then through the washing, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. That has to do with when we get born again and get filled with the Holy Spirit. But anyhow, I just wanted to show you that. Anyway, you know, you look in the, in the Word of God, you see always God's mercy and God's compassion. His love. His love what? Anytime you think of the love of God, always think about Jesus. Anytime you celebrate Christmas and Good Friday and Easter, think about the love of God. Because that's wrapped, all wrapped up in Jesus. Alright, let me just conclude here. The love of God is about meeting people where they are. Nobody can be, dress up themselves and be good enough, act right, be right. If you look at Jesus, you look at the parables, you look at every time Jesus had an encounter with somebody, anytime God had an encounter with somebody, he met them just where they are in the condition they were in. And extended mercy and compassion. Why? Because of the value he placed upon their soul. That's why God shows mercy and compassion. Because of the value he places upon our souls. People realize that they are truly valued and that the Heavenly Father sees them in a way that they could never imagine for themselves. I need to repeat that. If people realize that they are truly valued and that the Heavenly Father sees them in a way they could never imagine for yourself. The way you see yourself is not the way God sees you. When you get an understanding of the love of God, you would see yourself through the lens of the Holy Spirit of God. How valuable you are to God. And when you understand that, you cannot allow people to dictate who you are. You can't. Once you see yourself the way God created you and ordained you to be, I don't care what people say, you cannot allow them to dictate who you are. Why? Because once you understand the truth about who you are, it don't matter what people say about you. Because you already know who you are. They can't put you in their mold. They can't put you in a little slot. The only slot you fit in is Christ. And when you understand who you are, people can't change you and shape you into their little image. And stamp on you and pull you out of the box when they feel like pulling you out of the box. And putting you back in the box when they feel like it. No, that is not the love of God. The love of God liberates us from the boxes people try to put us in. Because where that box is bondage. And God, Jesus came to set us free from, from the bondage of sin. To set at liberty those who are held captive. What is captive? You're in bondage. And the enemy would use people to put you in, your, in, in the box. But when you know who you are in Christ, when you know the truth about who you are, people can't put you in a box. They don't know what to do with you. 
And many times, you know what they do in the Bible with people that they don't know what to do with? They, they try to take them out. Because they're afraid of people who, who they can't control. And I don't want to get up in that right now. But that's what they do. That's why they killed Jesus. They couldn't control him. They, they plot to kill him. Anyhow. But always remember, people always try to shape you in their mold. But don't allow it. If Not if you're a child of God. People are not to fear God. But come to him as they are. In humility. In his way. You can't come to God in your own way. In your own self-righteousness. You can't do that. You got to humble yourself and come to him in his way. The way he prescribed for you to come to him. He said come to me. How? Through the person of my son. Because he's the one he sent. So that Jesus is the way to come to God. There's no other way. Any other way is a lie. There's always hope. And this is the consistent thread of the heart of God. What? Mercy and compassion. The love is, the Lord is patient, gracious, compassionate and merciful. These are the traits of who He is and His love. Even the most vile or wicked person can experience God's love. God's love is not exclusive to any one person. God's love is available to Anyone who wants it. Yes, even the person you hate to your last nerve. And hopefully none of us have any hate in our heart for anybody. But the person who you think is the worst person on the face of this earth. The love of God is available to that person if they want it. And it's free to them. There's nothing you can do to earn it. How we treat others. That's believers or non-believers. Reflects. On if we really know God and are truly born of Him. Do you hear, you want me to repeat that? How we treat others reflects on if we really know God or love God. You want to know where I got that from? I got that from the scriptures that we were reading, just reading in John. First John. Beloved, verse 7, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Everyone who loves, and this is agape. And I talk about all the ways how God loved us through Christ, giving us what we didn't deserve, who is Christ. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. See, if you, if you love in the way God loves, it's a, a testament that you know God and that you're born of Him. Why? Because that love is expressed freely through you. You can't fake that. How we treat others, as I said, reflects if we really know and truly born of God. Know God and born of Him. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. God sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We didn't deserve it. None of us deserved it. But he did it anyway. God put the needs, our needs, before the needs of his own son. He let, Christ laid down his life to benefit fallen man. And as I said, Jesus is the expression of God's love to fallen man. He's free to anyone who wants him. We must acknowledge the gift God gave to man. And as I said, the only thing a person has to do is receive it. How do you receive it? You just say, Lord. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. 
I'm a sinner. I don't deserve your love. But I come before you repenting of my sin. And I ask you Lord Jesus to forgive me of my sin. Save me. Wash me. I make you Lord of my life. Change me. Forgive me of my sins. And make me new. A new creature in you.